Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Uh, happy holiday shopping season. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Uh, <clears throat> hope you all had a lovely uh, Thanksgiving. If you're celebrating Thanksgiving, if you're out of the country and like Canadian and already did in October, I hope you had a good Thursday. Or if you're an indigenous person and Thanksgiving is not a happy day for you. We also hope you had a good day. Yeah. Sorry to bring bring the mood down. Well, you did. But I do get sad when I think about it. Look, I the think... The genocide uh, that our country was founded on, you know? Um, yeah, uh, ample genocide. Uh, but Thanksgiving it was not about the, the genocide. It was uh, represented uh, the bountiful harvest and, and the giving thanks for, for what you had. Um, eh, footnote to the genocide, sure. Yeah. I'm not going <sighs> to... Gonna get it to Way to bring us all down, Dory Shafrir. You can Google what really happened at the first Thanksgiving if you want to know more. Anyway, I, look, I went to Plymouth uh, quite a bit. You know, we had a and we I had a... a lot from their wax museum about how great pilgrims are <laughs> and how awesome the Mayflower is, <laughs> and how nice they were. In 1620, <laughs> they landed on the Plymouth Rock, which is uh, available for you to see. <laughs> it just is a big rock that says 1620. In it, it's not the rock. They don't know which rock it was. What? How dare you? Anyway, um, we had a, a lovely Shafrir-filled Thanksgiving. So many Shafrirs, so many Vladics, so many uh, Steinbergs, so many Myras, so many Lux, so many Lux. Yeah. 
I just think uh, it's behind us. Thank God. It is. You You really, once again. Uh-huh. What 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 would our what would our family do without you? I, I think you'd probably have drier turkey. I'm trying to remember our Thanksgiving in twenty thirteen, which we spent in DC, which was before I met you. Mm-hmm. We definitely cooked, but what did we cook? And Matzo how did ball it, soup. How did it turn out? I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't have strong memories. I've made. <sighs> One, two. You've made three. Three. Well, I've really oh, four. four, really, if you count yeah. Karen's house last yeah. year. I've made, which I do. I've made four turkeys for your family. Yeah. All wow. of which delightfully delicious. They were delightfully delicious. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was a lot. I was cooking from 10.30 in the morning till 4.30. Yeah. And then, you know, was faced with the having to bring everything back home and didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because we got that Airbnb guys in Los Angeles, so everybody could stay there. And I was gonna, I cooked there, so I naturally had to bring over half of our kitchen to make this happen. Now we don't have any measuring cups. I've left the measuring cups there, so if you end up at an Airbnb in Los Angeles with some nice stainless steel measuring cups, those could be ours. Yeah, and we'd like them back. Yeah, Um, yeah, they're gone for good. But uh, we had, look, if you're a Patreon patron subscriber, you know the real deal. If you're not, then uh, I'll just say it was uh, it was a lot. I wish I had seen your family more. I felt like I didn't see them very much. Yeah. We had, I mean, I really feel like I didn't talk to or see anybody while I was cooking, which I did not. Correct. Um, which was all day Thursday. Yeah. And then I spent all day Friday waiting for a plumber. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really quite a thing. Yeah. Wednesday. You saw them Wednesday. I saw them a little bit on Wednesday. And then everyone was super tired and went to bed at like six. Yeah. Which works for our family because Henry has to go to bed. Um, But it was, you know, Henry's first Thanksgiving was a success, I think. Yeah, I think so. He had some mashed potatoes. Didn't love them. Well, you wouldn't let me do anything to them i know he's not supposed to have salt okay <laughs> they're mashed potatoes though i know i don't think the salt in a mashed potato would would bother the child well you don't know that um yeah and then dory's sister texted us today and said that she had strep throat so whoa do you hear that guys it's a radio station coming in through the wiring what how was that happening Something was some some transmission was frequency was bleeding through into our um sa- that's interesting. I've heard it once before, but it was a uh, Spanish language station. Oh, but that sounded like some good soul. Yeah, how did that happen? It's just the way radio frequencies work, honey. But what is on a radio frequency? The Zoom. What do you mean? Where where are the radio frequencies coming in? They can come in through any, like, through anything. Like, they mm. can, you know, that story, like, uh, just in the Lucy air. would talk about, she had, she felt, she got, she was saying she picked up transmissions in her, in her. Fillings? In her fillings. Mm. During the war. Whoa. So, you know, all it takes is some sort of uh, conducting metal. <clears throat> and you can build yourself a nice little radio set. But yes, that was uh, some, some fun with radio cool. frequencies. Anyway, so. Hopefully it happens again. That was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, my sister has strep. So, dun, dun, dun. Five kids hung out with your sister. Eight adults. Eight adults. So many strep tests happening. Oh, no. Nine adults. Danielle. Yep. Danielle already got a strep test. Yeah. It was negative. Well, there you go. Henry's. Negative. Negative. Well, the rapid one was negative. Look, today... They also took a perianal strep test. Dory had a classic Google-fueled urgent care visit today. Correct. Um, Look, I needed that peace of mind. I was fine with you doing it. 
You know, I went with you. Appreciated. I tried it. to do my work there. I did not get very far. Henry had a blowout on the way over. Yeah, he really pooped up a storm and was laughing about it the whole time. And then got him into the bathroom at the urgent. There's a pediatric urgent care that we went to. So there's a changing table. He he is in a real like I hate having my diaper change phase. Yeah, he wants to be physically. He wants to be entertained, and he does not find. Um, well, he doesn't want us to entertain. No, him. no, he wants to be entertained, he, be it by uh, uh, something he's chewing on or something he's yeah. looking at. He's like he's like reaching for everything. He's trying to get off the changing table. I'm trying to clean up a blowout. I'm trying to take off his poopy onesie and poopy pants mm-hmm. and clean Which him are up. Still in the diaper bag. Nope, I cleaned them out. Oh, thank God. Yep. I was supposed to remind you. You were. I thought I failed. Yep. Well, I you did. did fail, but, but I, I didn't because I'm reminding you. Interesting. Um, he's screaming. Yeah. And then I realized I only had like summery clothes to put him back into. Um, so I just kept him in his diaper until well, let's we... be real. So here's what happened this morning. I noticed a little rash on the back of Henry's, which neck. I had noticed yesterday. And, <laughs> and I, I thought, thought it was just Henry's terrible skin, which I too. assumed it was same. And I was satisfied to think that that was what yes, was happening. Same. I also gave Henry, I, we, we temperatured Henry. Wait, well, no, the order of before, operations before is before that happened. I took him to Rye where we yeah. were the only ones there yeah. today. So he played. He actually had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he pooped in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I changed him. And, you know, the lighting in his room, we keep it low. Yeah. So I feel like I had seen that his butt was kind of red, but it but I didn't I hadn't seen how quite how red it was. And then at Rye, the lights were like very bright. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. His whole like groin and butt area is bright red, like yeah. really red. And then the doctor didn't even look that bad. Yeah, because I'd already slathered more diaper cream on it. Right. Um, but anyway, so then my sis- then I get home. My sister tells me she has strep. So then I start Googling like strep and babies. And then I go onto the CDC's website and they have a link that's like about scarlet fever and babies and strep. And how scarlet fever is a form of strep and how in babies strep can present as scarlet fever. And some of the signs of of scarlet fever are redness and rash in the groin, neck and like one other place. And I was like, what? (laughs) So and I was like, this is our baby. This is our baby is has sensitive Ashkenazi skin. So I was like, uh, I said, let's just. Go to the doctor tomorrow and check right now to see if he has a temperature. And if he does have a temperature, we can go to urgent care. But let's just monitor. Yeah, so he didn't have a temperature. And I was like, okay. And then, But then when he woke up from his last nap and I changed him, mm-hmm. it looked redder. And then it looked like his neck rash had spread. And then I was like, I'm just going to be thinking about this all night. And I would feel terrible if if he was like actually sick and we didn't you know we like made him be like in pain right know? and i knew that a strep test would take a day no but i knew there was a rapid strep test so i so i figured if he was if he was really sick then we would know right and then like what if the rash was something even if Look, it wasn't you're talking strep, to the wrong guy about precautionary doctor yes i know so. so they swabbed his but she came outside and said I'm like, I can't read urgent care. I, I did. I was like, okay. Yep. Let's go. So we went. I got to put socks on. Yep. And then we went. Yep. And it was a very nice urgent care. Yep. And Henry, Saw us right away. Henry was like He was a the trooper. Best. We will say that they had TVs on in every room playing the Disney Channel. Disney Junior. <laughs> and Henry was not that into it, which I thought was nice, but. I thought it was also crazy that, but I get it. Like the kids are sick. The you kids wanna, are sick. You want to like, distract, distract them. them with something. Yeah. So but makes I sense. Ask them to turn it off. She did. Dory was very hyper Dory. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yep. So look, another podcast, another Sunday at urgent care. And, uh, what will be next Sunday? Who knows? We, it's eight twenty seven PM right now. That's how late we're recording this podcast. The day got away from us. I wanted to just do Christmas today. And uh, Dory 
did not want to do that. She wanted to go to Rye. And I was like, it's going to take me so much time to get the tree, get the lights, pull all the stuff down from the attic. Um, so I sort of stayed home and Christmas myself. Dory did decorate the tree, did a great job. Thank you. I wanted Henry to light the tree, but he was whisked to urgent care. Um, anyway, here we are. <sighs> Christmas will have to wait, Henry. Christmas is here. Oh, bah humbug. <gasps> um, but that's, yeah, that's sort of it. So, like, you know, we're at the end of my two weeks off of work, and uh, I got to go back tomorrow. I'll be leaving the house around six. This morning, I Dory poked at me and made me get up with Henry. If you're listening to the Patreon episodes, you'll know that Dory recently figured out, since she's not breastfeeding, I can get up with the baby. Mm-hmm. So she sent me away and uh, still woke up. I mean, it's like, it's crazy because Dory does not, is not good at falling back asleep anyway. And I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. So for her to poke me, <laughs> send me out. And then, I mean, you came out like not long after I was out there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you couldn't fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we just figure out what makes this whole thing work. And, and look, Bo's been a good boy this weekend. Uh, Henry's been in great spirits. Doesn't seem sick at all. He was a champ at the doctor's office. Didn't care about his ears getting looked at or throat getting checked. The only thing he cared about was the explosive shit he took <laughs> and getting changed. <laughs> That's the only uh, thing he was upset about. Um, but that being said, everybody, I'll do a little bit of the business. Please leave your Apple podcast reviews uh, on Apple uh, podcasts. You can also go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. There's also a splinter group. If you're like us and have gone through IVF and now have a child, you must take to urgent care. Uh, there's a group for you there also. Uh, you can go to our website, excellentadventure.com. If you want to support the show, get extra podcasts, you can do so. Patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. Our Twitter is at excellentpod. And our email, dorymatt at gmail. And Matt and Dory at gmail. Our phone number, of course, 413-461-BABY. Baby. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy but like i can't wait to get them on my feet because i know they're going to be cozy i know they're going to be the best socks in the house and i know that they're going to keep me going all day long they've got some great details that have been obsessed over including the honeycomb arch support which i love anti-blister tabs which i also love what that is it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated 
over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. And, uh, you know, look, big week last week. I panicked about finding a turkey recipe at the end yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my panic caused other people panic. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, by the way, it also took me a while to find it in, you're pointing at your headphone thing. Oh, Dory, you're not plugged in? Nope. Well, let's plug her in, everybody. Hold on one second here while we get Dory all plugged in. And there we go. Bring that back up. And no one has to hear that clickety-clack. But instead, I talked about it for 15 seconds. Could have done it silently, Matt. I'm bad at podcasting. (laughs) You haven't been doing it that long. Nope. Only 10, 11 years. (laughs) Jesus Christmas. Um, Anyway, uh, what was I even yammering on about? I don't remember. Oh, the turkey recipe. It took me a while to find it in the cookbooks, even. Hmm. I, like, pulled all our cookbooks. Hmm. Now we have a whole shelf, by the way, of cookbooks that is just America's Test Kitchen cookbooks. Oh, thank God. You know, they're all sort of the same cookbook. They're not. Some are Cook's Illustrated stuff. Yeah, but a lot of them have the, like the America's Test Kitchen and Cook's Illustrated ones have a lot of the same recipes. I know, but sometimes different. Mm. I love them. <laughs> Don't speak ill of this. Look, I was a Cook's Illustrated subscriber way before I met you. Look, we have now, but we have cooking at home with... With Bridget and, um, oh my God, hang on. <gasps> oh my God. Bridget's my hero. That's why I remember Bridget always. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this is going to kill me. Bridget Lancaster. I know Bridget Lancaster. Oh my God. This is like trying to find the turkey recipe. Isn't it like Andrew or something? What? Andrew? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Julia Colin Davidson. I fixed it oh, out yeah, of my head. Julia. I pulled it out of my head. I didn't look at anything. Julia Colin Davidson. Good job. Okay. She's got a so, hyphenated name, and I pulled the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. Do you... Julia and Bridget. Do you remember last week? Um, I do. A someone bit. wrote in about his wife who had had preeclampsia yeah and was wondering about a second pregnancy Correct. and we were like slow your roll bro yeah so we heard from several people about this okay first email here is from kc hi matt and dory you nailed it 100 percent for the dude who is wondering about a second pregnancy after preeclampsia slash eclampsia that one needs to take a seat for the moment be glad your wife and child survived that it is not a given And do not, under any circumstances, bring this up to your poor wife at the moment. And if she brings it up, tell her you can think about that later. I had pre-E with science baby number one, emergency C-section, but we were both Uh fine. When we achieved science baby number two, I was auto-enrolled at the high-risk clinic because, yes, there is increased risk of pre-E in a second pregnancy after having it with the first. Oh, I didn't even know that. Generally, it comes back later and less acute, but it's still very serious. It can still kill mother and or baby. And yes, I had it again, but later in the pregnancy. I got lucky again. Give everyone some space to recover before you try to think about what comes next. Oi. Happy holidays, y'all. KC, uh, we agree with you. And thank you for writing in. And congrats on Science Baby too. Yeah. 
Um, all right. This next email is from Isabel. Yes. Who also, for starters, wants to echo Matt and Dory's recommendation to give his wife time to heal before contemplating future children. What you just went through was very scary and far from a normal labor and delivery experience. I do want to encourage you both to make an appointment with your delivering provider to discuss all of these questions and to debrief the birth if you hadn't had the chance to do this yet. If you haven't had the chance to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, below are my attempts at answering his questions. One, is artificial cycle slash FET increased risk? Mm-hmm. In general, IVF pregnancies come with increased obstetrical morbidity. While the absolute risk is still relatively low, it is increased when compared to normal conception. I did find one study that stated that programmed slash artificial FETs may increase the risk of hyper risk <laughs> the risk of hypertensive disorders with the absence of the corpus luteum as an underlying mechanism. I've attached the study since it is relatively new and can shed some light on his specific question. High risk for second pregnancy. Yes, absolutely. I recommend seeing a maternal fetal medicine specialist for your next pregnancy and delivering at a tertiary care hospital. They will have the most updated information on the management of prior eclampsia. While there are currently not many answers when it comes to preeclampsia, there's a lot of research ongoing. In general, it is well accepted that the placenta plays a large role in hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. Either way, the MFM will have recent updates that may be applicable to your care in a future pregnancy. Expect to be started on low-dose aspirin at about 12 weeks to lower the chances of developing preeclampsia in the subsequent pregnancy. This is really the only tool we have for future pregnancies currently. I did that. I took, remember that? I took low-dose aspirin? Yes, baby aspirin, which yep. we should have given to Bo, but we gave him poison instead. There should be diligent monitoring of blood pressure and possibly a baseline lab value at the beginning of the pregnancy. Three, uterine artery, uterine artery embolization and future fertility. This is almost a data-free zone, as it is impossible to do a true randomized controlled trial on this scenario. There are a few re- retrospective studies that show no effects to future fertility, as the body creates alternative arterial pathways to perfuse the uterus while the embolization degrades. By the way, if anyone is out there, like, I know a lot of you listen and don't plan on having kids. Preeclampsia is a disorder of pregnancy characterized by the onset of high blood pressure and often a significant amount of protein in the urine. When it arises, the condition begins after 20 weeks of pregnancy. So that is what preeclampsia is. There you go. I did it. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to appreciate shed that. a little light on the subject. Most of these studies are over five years old, but I can say that I have personally had patients that return pregnant after having had a uterine artery embolization. I think that covers all his questions, but I did want to add a little more information about preeclampsia and eclampsia that sometimes gets lost to follow up with patients. Having a history of preeclampsia and or eclampsia increases the risk for developing hypertension and diabetes in the future, especially in the first five years following delivery. This is important for patients to know, so they share their history with their primary care provider, and then that provider can be attentive to early signs and screenings. In addition, it may motivate women with core morbidities to make some lifestyle changes for their future health. And she's a certified nurse, wife, midwife, nurse midwife at a tertiary care hospital in North Carolina and have a personal interest in hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. Best Isabel, 3,400 square feet with a husband, 20-month-old son, and a nine-year-old rescue dog. 3,400. 3,400. Coming in at some of the larger square footage we've heard on the show. Don't forget to enclose your square footage, (laughs) where you live, and how many beings you share it with. Um, And then, you know, I also want to read this email from Gemma because she did not agree with us. Oh, okay. Look, I will hear it all. Yep. All right. Gemma says, I've emailed before, but I've just had my first stop and pause the pod moment because I felt really strongly about your advice to the listener to stop planning for baby number two straight after the arrival of baby number one. I was totally preoccupied by what might happen in future after our first science baby arrived last summer. The realization that the embryos we had in the freezer had the potential to be a baby like the one I just brought home from the hospital was all consuming and so distracting. Mm. We treated our first cycle as a science experiment not expecting it to work, but maybe we might get some answers to our so far unexplained infertility. Even as the pregnancy progressed, we still kept a tight lid on any excitement and just took it a day at a time. But when our daughter was here safely and soundly, it absolutely changed the game for me. I still had a sense the embryos we had in the freezer weren't yet babies, but the potential they held was magnified enormously. For me, the what if spiraled crazily. 
What if we don't use them in time and I'm too old? What if the others just don't work and we are only meant to have one baby? What if we try to use them, but they failed the thaw and so on? It was massively distracting and definitely took attention away from enjoying the first few weeks and months with our daughter. Interesting. In the end, we decided that if she was going to be an only child, then we would rather know that sooner than later and could then work on simply being thankful for her and get on with enjoying life as our beautiful family of three. We began a frozen transfer when our daughter was six months old. As it happens, by extraordinary luck, the second embryo has also stuck and we are weeks away from welcoming another science baby. But had it not worked, I still feel it was right to try again so quickly. After the years and years of waiting to get pregnant naturally, we've paid our dues. We knew we couldn't afford another full fresh cycle. And we felt so thankful to have our daughter that we wanted to reach some sort of conclusion as quickly as we could. The option to use the frozen embryo felt like having a lottery ticket that we hadn't yet checked. You don't expect to win, but there's always a chance you might. And so while it won't be the case for everyone, I absolutely understand the listener's keenness to think about what might be next, even while their baby is still only weeks old. Telling me to relax and enjoy my baby would have done nothing to quiet the racing thoughts of what ifs and what we should do next. With very best wishes to you all, Gemma. Yeah, but that's different. So if you wrote in, just... Gemma. <laughs> Wait, what? I was like, if you wrote in, that 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 would be one thing. Meaning, like, if his wife had emailed us. Oh, sure. And also, uh, I feel like this and is... And also, you didn't have... Th- this is a, to- a horribly... Uh, totally terrible... different situation. Unless you did and didn't mention that you had pre This is also true. That she wouldn't have mentioned But Gemma, it. your feelings. 100% valid. Totally valid. We I get just... what you're saying. Believe me, we get what yes. you're saying. We have a frozen embryo. It's got a, a chromosome deletion on the long arm of chromosome four. Two. Two. And we don't know what that means. They don't either. Um... But I felt like with the preeclampsia letter writer, it was more about the health issues around preeclampsia that were so concerning, right? If I remember correctly, and I think I do. I mean, really, Gemma, we weren't saying don't think about this. We were saying think about your your wife. Like just take a beat. And your baby currently. Yep. Make sure they're okay. And then get to pound town. What? What? Gross. Ew. That's okay, not so, how babies are made. Wait. <laughs> one more email about this, which uh, Allison had a couple of podcast recommendations about preeclampsia. Oh. One is called Rough Translation, about an American couple who hires a surrogate because the wife's preeclampsia was so terrible. Mm-hmm. And Longest Shortest longest shortest Time had an interview with Lucy Kinsey and how she almost died due to preeclampsia and does not want to risk her health again. Um, spoiler alert on rough translation. It was the husband's issue. The surrogate gets preeclampsia also. Why did you just ruin the podcast? I didn't. Allison did. Oh, why did you read it? <laughs> because she included it. Oh my God. Also, not everyone might want to, might want to listen to it. I mean, that was a very quick spoiler. You didn't give anyone any time. Sorry. Look, it's not going to limit your enjoy nation. Enjoy nation? <laughs> Enjoyment of rough uh, uh, translation. Okay, wait. I just want to also play one more voicemail. About? On this subject. Okie dokie. We, we heard from a lot of people about Look, this. Look, if this was the hot topic. This was the hot topic of last then, week. Then the people demand it. Okay, here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Melissa from Camarillo. Um, I'm calling in response to the anonymous emailer last week take that kind of got chill hang on everybody dory is uh turn your volume down on your computer it's peaking you must be at max no i wasn't i was where are you at you were at halfway up that doesn't make any sense go ahead um listening to him talk about his wife started over this is melissa from camarillo um i'm calling in response to the anonymous emailer last week i kind of got chills um listening to him talk about his wife's situation with the preeclampsia and everything only because I'm not actually able to answer his signal because I didn't have that part of it. But the funny, well, not funny, but the interesting part was I got chills because everything after that, all the things that she got after she lost a lot of blood and the balloon temporarily in place to stop the bleeding and then the um, embolization of the uterine arteries and all that I got because I had a placenta accreta they found out later so part of my placenta was retained and so as the doctor was trying to deliver the placenta she couldn't get it all out which mm. caused me to lose a lot of blood apparently all these towels were stuffed into me as i was leaving quickly oh my the, god um delivery room into the or and she tried to do a dnc but then um i was losing more blood so then they had to put the temporary balloon and then go to the 
um, interventional radiology department to do the embolization of the uterine artery. And apparently that's, that procedure is very new. And normally they kept saying that I was really lucky I didn't lose my uterus. They said normally they just have to do a hysterectomy in that case. So that listener's wow. wife is also very lucky that this is a new procedure that's been happening in the past like five years, they said. So anyway, I feel very fortunate, but I also had the question, and I, I understand, like you said, we need to appreciate this this baby, and um, my baby's also four weeks old, so that also gave me chills, too. Oh, uh, wow. Just as the listener's baby's four weeks old. But anyway, I I kind of wanted to put out my own signal, the placenta accretus signal, and I wanted to know if anybody had success with future pregnancies um, after uh, after the embolization, either a placenta accreta and or the embolization of the uterine arteries. I've also heard conflicting things, and I definitely want to talk to different doctors about it. But, um, yes, I understand we are very thankful and very blessed with this baby. But, you know, your mind wanders. And and so the wife, his wife might actually be okay with him talking about, about it. But anyway, everything is good. We're getting better. And I just would really appreciate that signal being sent out there. I hope that... Um, I, well, one of the doctors said that a surrogate might be the only option, and actually, it's kind of cool because with the whole IVF thing coming for full circle, to realize maybe that was the reason why for the mm. IVF because we have frozen placentas or frozen embryos also. So um, anyway, that might be the reason why if we had to use a surrogate in the future, we wouldn't have to start from scratch. But anyway, I just want to say thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Actually, it's Thanksgiving right now, as I'm currently nursing my four-week-old. Today, four weeks today, he was a Halloween baby. So, oh, a spooky baby. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that is. Um, I mean, there you go. The signal's out there for placenta, accre- placenta accretia, placenta accretia. All right. That is that is uh, it's harrowing. Childbirth harrowing. is traumatizing. Yes, it is harrowing. It's traumatizing for me mostly. I'm still traumatized. And I won't not be. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We are back. Hope you're all enjoying all of the Canvas people. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Canvas. Go get it. Okay. Um, this next email is from our friend Anonymous. Uh-huh. Tell they me say, about this Anonymous friend. Dear Dorian Matt, I love you. Oh, thanks. I'm a longtime listener and first-time emailer. You and all of the eggheads have made our IVF experience tolerable. My spouse and I began IVF in January 2019. Fast forward through one unsuccessful retrieval due to a faulty PGS-tested embryo. We are now 13 weeks pregnant after our second attempt. Retrieval. I would like to know how they found out that it was a faulty PGS-tested embryo. I don't know. Oh, do they mean that it was PGS-tested and the embryo ended up being faulty? I think that's what they mean. PGS-tested is normal and then didn't work. No, because they just say retrieval. I don't think they did a transfer. The I think they mean they they tested did one retrieval. There they didn't get a normal embryo. Gotcha. It sounds like, and then they did a second retrieval. They got three PGS normal embryos, and they did one transfer. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm following again. All right, so she has th- two things she'd like to share. Okay, here we go. First, I know there's been discussion on resigning, quitting, and leaving work to focus on IVF. Has there been talk of when to reveal pregnancy if hired for a new job? Oof. I anticipate being offered a new job by the end of the year, and I'm unsure if I should disclose my pregnancy after being offered the position and benefits package or after I start showing. I have no idea when that will be. I read that disclosing pregnancy during negotiation is smart because it's prime time to discuss paid FMLA eligibility, any employer extended maternity benefits, and negotiate other paid time off if ineligible for either of the former two. I'm leaning towards this route. However, I'd like to hear arguments against this decision. May I put out a newly pregnant new job signal? 
second. Signal is out. Signal is out. Sure there are a lot of opinions about it. Second, at six weeks, we had a horrid ER experience and want to forewarn, forewarn fellow IVF folks. Mm-hmm. Get a second opinion. Oh, boy. Um, so she had, she was bleeding. Yeah. And then she went to an ER that was not affiliated with the IVF clinic. They did mm-hmm. an ultrasound and transvaginal scans. And the ER doctor concluded we had an incomplete miscarriage. We were gutted but requested a follow-up scan at our IVF clinic. A week later, our IVF doctor confirmed a heartbeat. It turned out I had a subchorionic hematoma, SCH, which apparently is common in IVF, 50% according to our IVF doctor. No one told us. And SCH is the result of the embryo being handled, retrieval, PGS testing, transfer. I think of it as a blood blister on the outer layer of the embryo, which can result in bleeding. Hmm. Um I want listeners to be aware, as I wish this ER experience on no one, the ER doctor was going over our discard miscarriage options, including scheduling a DNC. WTF, doc, be your own advocate because some doctors are dumb. Much love, anonymous. Two tall people occupying 1,100 square feet of space, 750 square feet of actual living space, somewhere on the West Coast. Love to know what the 450 feet are doing. Sorry, 250 feet. No. Nope. 350. 350 feet. Wow. <laughs> math brain. <laughs> Welcome to Math Brain with Matt. Um, yeah, do you have this, any thoughts on the newly pregnant uh, job well, signal? you know, I have a friend who actually just went through this. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, and she, thing. She told them at about 20 weeks. She, she told them that she was pregnant at yes. 20 weeks after getting the job? Yes. Or? She, she, got, she got the job... She was pregnant when she got the job. Mm-hmm. She did not tell them. She mm-hmm. was not showing it. It was still pretty early. Yeah. She told them at around 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. And it went fine. Well. Obviously. I, I think you can also ask, you can totally ask about those benefits without revealing that you're pregnant if you don't want to. Yeah. Like, I think it's a very normal thing for people to ask. Yes. It's also very, it's so... Uh... It's so it's such a hard thing to navigate, you know. Yeah. You want to hire the best person, but then the best person's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they have their baby. But the best person will then be back. I know, but you don't want some weird person who's doing the hiring to. Well, I guess that's illegal. So. Yep. But you know what I mean. I do. It should be illegal. And enforce. Thank you. And good day. Um. Okay. Yes, Dory. The the subchorionic hematoma comes up often in the um, pregnancy and children group. The Matt and Dory's Excellent Venture Pregnancy and Children the post, the post, Facebook group. The post Ives. Yeah. Yep. 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 Pre pregs. Yeah. I mean pre babes. Yeah. Post babes. Also post babes. Pre babes. Post babes. All right. Um, This is from Jessica. Matt and Dory, I had to pause the pod to respond to something another listener wrote in about. I'm a couple episodes behind, so someone may have gotten to this first. But if they didn't, on episode 253, Elizabeth wrote in about Massachusetts Paid Family Medical Leave Act. She got some of the details right, but not all of them. Oh, I love a little little FMLA uh, corrections and omissions. Employers are not required to pay maternity leave. PMLA provides job protection for up to 12 weeks for maternity and paternity leave. Which is the thing that I was talking about. Do you need this in the the letter of the law? Or to take care of a sick family member, much like FMLA. And it also provides income replacement through a state income tax. The income tax is pretty, pretty nominal. Only 38 cents per $100. Income is replaced up to $850 a week based on your current salary or hourly rate. So really, it's more similar to unemployment benefits since you apply for the benefit to the state when you have a qualifying event like having a baby. That said, it's still a great benefit, and I hope other states will follow suit. Interesting. Thank you for that clarification, Jessica. I am... I'm looking down the rundown here, and I'm just tired of people talking about my gallbladder. All right, we can skip those. <laughs> um, Everyone just wants you to get it checked. I get it, guys. I was busy at the other at the pedi- pediatric urgent care today. 
Uh-huh. Next week will be at Dory's Urgent Care <laughs> for a toe she stubs or breaks or something. All right. Knocking on wood, so yeah, that doesn't geez. happen. Okay, this is this is a, an email from Marta in Riga, Latvia. All right. Finally, our Latvia listeners are coming out yep. in support They're weighing of the in. show. Um, she says, love listening to your show for your candid discussions about all the baby-related decisions and experiences. I started listening to your podcast after Dory mentioned it on Forever 35. Mm-hmm. While I was just exploring the baby topic and now with the baby on the way, due in April, everything is even more fascinating. <laughs> what I wanted to write in about is cats. Do any listeners have tips to share on bringing a baby home to a house with a cat? We have a cat who is allowed to sleep in our bed at night, more precisely by my husband's side. At the same time, we are planning on the baby sleeping in our bedroom. I've been reading up and much like dogs, cats should not be left alone with the sleeping baby and they might wish to seek warmth and decide to cuddle up, which can potentially be very dangerous for the infant. Right. My husband believes that it's highly unlikely that our cat would actually jump into the crib. She's very timid and scared of anyone new, seeks direct contact only with the two of us, no other visiting family members or friends, except from the odd sniffing of a finger. I'm more on the cautious side, and while my heart would probably break a little bit too if we had to leave our cat outside the bedroom door, I believe that animals are unfortunately unpredictable. I've seen crib nets being mentioned as a solution to keep oh. the cat out of the crib, but if I'm honest, it seems a bit like an additional hazard for the baby. So could we send out a cat signal on solutions for cat and baby room sharing? All the best, Marta, with one husband, one cat, and one baby on the way in, if the Google conversion is correct, approximately <laughs> 2,000 square feet. Uh, Marta, follow-up question. What do you, what is it, what do you guys do? You square meters? Do you guys do like square cubic centimeters? Like what is your, it's when you're buying meters. a house? Square meters. I'd love to know square meters so it's like i uh, it's like 74 square meters i live in 74 square meters Mm -hmm. my math is bad today so i'll just have to trust you on that that sounds not right well like 700 square meters nope so 74 square meters is 796.5 square feet so it's a hundred so 2,000 square feet is 186 square meters. Gotcha. My math is still bad. The formula is multiply the area value by 10.764. Oh, of course. Yep. Any of you, Matt, I know we have some PhDs out there. Ben, of course. <laughs> uh, any of you listening and just sh- like shaking your head at uh, our, my bad math. It's, uh, it's late. Um, Marta, I am with you on this. The safe sleep guidelines say that um, you should not have an animal in the same room as the baby when uh, you are asleep. Like if you're in the room and you're awake, fine. But if everyone's asleep and the cat and the baby are in the room, that's not okay. And also adding something to the crib is not safe either. We only leave Bo and Henry alone if Henry's in his baby jail and Bo is in the living room, which means that Dory and I are in the next room with the French doors wide open or the kitchen door wide open. Yeah. And I, and also when that is the case, I do, I, I try not to do it for too long. Yeah. But also like a lot of times Bo's here. Yeah. Totally. And Henry's like totally. hey, here. I'm pointing at our office couch. Yeah. Henry's way out there. But sleep. but yeah, we don't we've never let Bo and Henry be in the same room by themselves. Yeah. Like in his room, certainly. Yeah. Uh and I don't know. I mean wouldn't like a mosquito net work? No, you're not supposed to add anything to the crib. No, no, but the you know, you know a mosquito net is different. Honey, no. <laughs> you're not supposed to add anything to the crib. Well, the f- people fucking g- get malaria if they get mosquitoes. I'm sure in tropical climates, mosquito nets are... Why are you getting so angry? Because I think that a mosquito net... Marta, this isn't really about you right now. A mosquito net, which is... I mean, haven't you slept in mosquito nets? Yes, I have. Like, they're so high. How would the baby get there? The cat could still, like, jump through the mosquito this net. This isn't about the cat right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Um, what are, what are the, what are the, what are the, what are the precautions for such a thing for the cat? Keep the cat out of the bedroom is the precaution. That's so sad for her husband who gets the warmth from the baby cat. (laughs) Maybe her husband gets warmth from her. 
Um, well, look, well, actually, anybody out there who has a cat and uses pretty litter, write in and tell us how you did it. I mean, my my suggestion would be... It was be... a nightmare bringing Bo and Henry in contact with each other. Well... The first, like, week, it was so hard... It was ...to stressful. keep Bo away from Henry. And Henry was so little. And Henry was so tiny, and Bo, obviously Bo's you know 80 pounds and a dog and different than a cat and a dope but it really it was hard it tested it tested the patience of 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 all of us i think um what i was going to say is if you land on keeping the cat out of the bedroom i would start that now yes i would not wait until the baby comes home don't want to resent the baby to start keeping the cat out of the bedroom so, you know, maybe get the cat... Follow-up. Is it an option to keep the baby out of the bedroom? Well, you know I, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> We're both baby, baby get out of our faces people. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, but... Um, we will put... We're putting the cat baby signal out. That is the cat baby signal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the cat baby signal sounds like an email came in, but it's really the cat baby signal. All right, and now we have uh, a story about from someone who also almost accidentally killed their dog. Oh my God, such a harrowing experience. This is from Christine. This past February, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and we spent the day at the hospital where my mother-in-law was in surgery for a hip replacement after falling on ice the night before. We came home after a long day to our lovable 90-pound lab named Juno and some shredded wrapping paper on the floor. She's prone to taking things off the counter, so we know to gate the kitchen. Mm -hmm. A couple more steps in, and I saw the gum container. Oh, no. Xylitol. Oh, no. I had read online about how bad sugar-free gum is for dogs, i.e. lethal, and started Googling what to do and putting pieces together. It had been wrapped up for my daughter's birthday and on the counter, but we didn't think about it as something she would try to eat. She'd eaten the entire container. Oh, my God. Google will tell you that a piece or that just a piece or two can send a dog into liver failure, and we had no idea when she'd eaten it. I called the vet. He said we needed to make her throw up, then take her to the closest vet that could monitor her vitals for 24 hours. Remember, it was Super Bowl Sunday. We live in northern oh, Wisconsin. No. And that vet was almost three hours away. Oh, and an ice storm was coming. Oh, and we had four kids oh, aged no. four and under, including five-month-old twins. Oh, my twins. God. And we'd been in the hospital all day. Oh. We also looked up more information and found out the vet bill would be at least seven grand. Oh, gosh. We looked at Juno, told her we loved her, but we just couldn't take her in and proceeded to make her throw up. She did, and out came all of the cubes still intact. The fact that she inhales her food and doesn't take the time to chew probably ended up saving her because she was totally fine. No ill effects whatsoever. Oh, thank God. Our miracle dog. And we no longer allow gum in our home. Not worth the scare. Keep anything with the xylitol away from your dogs. <laughs> this, uh, it took a scary turn for me when you told Juno you loved her, but you couldn't. And then I was like, where's this going? <laughs> Uh, sorry for the long story, but wanted to share as you're a leave. Oh, sorry, gave me flashbacks. Cheers, Christine. Husband, four kids, one lab, and about 900 square feet on three acres, but surrounded by wilderness in Wisconsin. Wait, I have another 900 square feet with five, four children under five, and a and a 90, and a 90 pound, pound lab. lab that eats gum. Well, I have a question about that. She said it was for your daughter's birthday. Kid, I didn't daughter know that, got gum. Yeah, but I didn't know that little kids four and under ate gum maybe the kid's four and is like into gum i mean i chewed gum when i was a kid you did yeah when you were four sure okay i like icebreakers sure and gushers okay remember gushers yes uh christine that i, I you know honestly i think that's part par, partially what Bo would say Bo too is the fact that dogs like that inhale food yeah don't chew anything. Don't swallow it. The fact that we wrap it in cream cheese. Yeah, he just he and he just, just licks it up. It stays in the stomach until it breaks down eventually. And luckily, it was so quick between him getting poisoned by us and oh, <laughs> going to the chateau. Where is he now? Oh. Must be on his bed by the Christmas tree. It does just radiate warmth. Um, Ruben in Boston wants to know. If there are any other eggheads eggheads out there that avoid Facebook. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that. And has anyone found other means of connecting without feeding the beast? 
Well, it's hard, right? Instagram is owned by Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that beast is getting fed any way you shake it. Um, So Ruben has also gotten off Twitter and other social media. It was depressing for him and outraged him daily, just like me. Facebook was the first to go uh, over the privacy concerns. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean... This I, comes up a lot in, I, in various Facebook groups that I, I'm in. I, I think a nice... I don't know, it's not super nice, but if you find the right subreddits, it's a great place to go is, is Reddit. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guitar forum in Reddit and like... There's a great one you might enjoy browsing, Ruben, called Insane People on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> Where crazy people posting crazy things are just mocked endlessly. I do really, I do enjoy um, the relationship subreddit. It's, oh, the XY? No, it's just, it's just R slash relationships. Oh, that one I don't know. It's fascinating. There's also, do you ever read Am I the Asshole? Yeah. That's yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. Um I find it fascinating how often the answer is yes, you are. I actually find it I find it interesting that that it's that like a good number of people are not the asshole. Correct. But when the person who's writing it is the asshole, it's I, like how I, do you not see that you're the well, asshole? Well, I would assume that most of the people writing in are in fact the asshole. I feel like if you have to ask if you're the asshole, you're probably the asshole. Uh or if you're like in a kind you know, if like we're doing something and I'm like, I'll prove it. Am I the asshole? I'll type it into the thing. I guess that makes me an asshole. You're right. Point proven. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Ruben, I, the Reddit is sort of my spot right now for that kind of thing. I can sort of filter out what I want. I can like just see Red Sox news and guitar news and, you know, Star Trek, whatever the hell. Cars. My, one of my favorites is just rolled into the shop. Oh, where it's a lot of mechanics posting like this fucking terrible car just rolled into the shop full of garbage. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then like also like but like the sh- the subreddit's cool because they also have like uh very cool cars that just rolled into the shop kind of things too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um just rolled into the shop subreddit, guys. It is a hoot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there right now just to see what we got. Whew. All right. Uh, so, guys need an alignment on his giant pickup truck. Uh, <laughs> this guy writes, "Didn't know I was performing a battery test on a fusion uh, reactor because he sees the uh, measured uh, ampage on there, and it's a uh, thirty-three thousand. That's very wrong." <laughs> Oh, Lexus. I love it. So anyway, yeah, that's a fun thing. You know, lots of love about uh, losing your 10 millimeter wrenches, guys. You ever been there? You ever lose your 10 millimeter? We all have. Just pulled this gem out of a tire the other day, and it's a bullet casing. (laughs) Wow. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that's the that's my answer for you, Reddit. I hope it's I hope it's helpful. You can sort of curate that more than you can other sites. Sort of curate what you see, what you have to deal with, the annoying people, etc. Yeah. 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 What you, now what, what's happening? I'm looking you, at you uh, me, the asshole? yes. Am I the asshole for lying to my dying husband and destroying his parents' life? And destroying his parents' life? That, that's a <laughs> click in and read it kind of thing. And I don't love those. Yeah. Then there's also, uh, let's see. Am I the asshole for wearing an expensive designer dress to my best friend's wedding? No. <laughs> Would I be the asshole for cutting off our daughter financially until she takes an active part in the family? Um, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, what's another good one? Am I the asshole for canceling on my wife? I don't know. It depends. I, okay, so I first read that and thought and thought it said, "Am I the asshole for canceling my wife?" Oh, cancel culture! You <laughs> yeah, get out I there. I was like, and "Wow, sort of like, look, honey, I don't. This isn't be the right behavior. I'm gonna. I'm gonna post about it." 
Am I the asshole for sending my friend an instructional video on proper condom use? Uh, I don't know. I mean, does your friend have a problem with that? That's very, this is all very specific. It is. It is. Am I the asshole for not selling my bearded dragons to them? To who? (laughs) To a lady who is interested in buying them as a Christmas present for her daughter. Uh Uh-huh. And it goes on and on. So he didn't feel like, uh, he didn't feel like uh, that she would be a good home for his bearded dragons and he's not an asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well. Insane people on Facebook, here we go. Uh, so, Ari Danny, I'll only marry a man who's a true virgin and hasn't danced with the devil with his left hand. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a good one. Am I the asshole for whistling? My heart will go on every day in the shower. Um, <laughs> yes. This person was deemed not the asshole by consensus. Oh, well, that's good. Just FYI. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, please. Sort of hit the brakes there. Okay. Um, what is that noise? It's a very high... <laughs> it's my fans on my computer. Oh. It's really working overtime. Okay. All right, this is from Kate. Uh, look at this baby vegan that's super skinny. That's These are insane people on Facebook. Held his head up. <laughs> look no, at the back I muscles. I don't want to see that. That's, that's what is the problem here. Okay. Uh, you've probably been spanned with this already, but on the off case, you haven't. Matt talked about his turkey recipe last year in episode 202. Oh, Do no wrong at one hour and 17 minutes, roughly. Thank goodness for good show notes. Apparently the video in question is ATK season 11, episode 15, America's Test Kitchen, old fashioned stuffed turkey. And then she yes. linked to the video and the recipe. And that is something we should keep and always And gently suggest, since it's such a popular topic each year, maybe make a link to it on your website along oh with God. Matt's modifications, or at the very least, save all the information in a Google Doc for yourselves. Happy Thanksgiving, Kate. One boyfriend, one Jack Russell Terrier, and two cats in 1,350 square feet in Canton, Massachusetts. Canton. Oh, sure. Canton. Guys. I've been to Canton. I am on the fence about getting a new laptop. I'm putting out the laptop signal. (laughs) Okay. Does anybody still work at Apple and hasn't used their employee discount for the year? Hi, it's Matt Myra, former Apple employee. I know what goes on there. Let me know. Email us at Matt and Dory. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm thinking about if, as you can hear, my fans are going bananas. That is a, you're, what you're hearing currently is uh, the only things open are Safari and Kindle, the Kindle app. And my iMac, sorry, my MacBook Pro is a mid 2014, 2.8 gigahertz Intel Core i7, 16 gigs of RAM. With an NVIDIA GeForce GT 750, two gigs of RAM in there. I am, yesterday I had to edit and post like three podcasts. We did two Patreon episodes for uh, Star Trek, did one for Excellent Adventure. Actually, I did four podcasts that went up yesterday. And my computer was chugging along. So, everybody, here's my question. Everybody that cares to answer. Should I get the new 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is stupidly expensive, get an iMac Pro, which is the same money, or just deal with this and live with my slow computer until it actually dies? For those of you wondering, every time I buy a laptop, I like to buy the fastest Apple laptop available. And I've been doing that for about, I've been doing that for 15 years. And as a result, I've only had three laptops. So. <laughs> My worry about you waiting till it dies is that it will definitely die at the most inconvenient time. And it will be a thing where I need, need it done. Like I would have to either then use your computer to do the thing I needed to do or because I customize the computer because I add the RAM 
and the faster processor, they always have to get built for me. Mm-hmm. And they're custom orders from Apple, mm-hmm. which then take two more weeks or whatever. Ugh, I really don't want to buy another computer. Matt, why don't you sell a guitar and then get a computer? That's a great idea, Matt. Oh, no. Dory's inner voice sounded like me. It's weird. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Anybody out there at Apple? I mean, let me know. Employee discount. You know what's funny is I've u- I use my employee discount to the point where I have two or three iMacs that are registered to me that I don't have any idea whose computers they are because I used would use my employee discount, not my friends and family discount, my employee discount. Wow. Because if you don't use it by the end of the year, it goes away. Oh, so this is the good time to ask. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Hit me up, bros and or gals and or folks. Just hit me up. Yeah, hit them up. And then also, like, if you work at Apple and you're like, don't get a 16-inch Pro, man. It's real. Look, my my genius certification expired in 2008, so I don't know what's happening out there. I mean, are they switching everything to the ARM architecture? Like, I feel like they're going to move away from Intel eventually so that every app, like, you get in the App Store works on your iPad, your phone, and your computer. That's what I feel like they're going to eventually mm. do. Uh, hard drive space. I have a terabyte in here right now. I'd like to get at least two terabytes in the next computer. But I also have attached to it, I have eight terabytes of external hard drive space. Wow. Well, look, I mean, there's like one, two, there's four terabytes of audio from podcasts and my iTunes library. It's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. Okay, that's a little bit about my computer. I hope okay. you all sort of enjoyed Good that. Good talk, everyone. Dory got a new computer. Two years when ago. When she uh, needed one. That was almost two years ago. Was it really? Yes. It doesn't feel that long ago, does it? I know, but in February, it'll be two years. Oh, yeah, you don't have the multi-touch taskbar. Well, that was available when I got mine, but I deliberately didn't get one with it because everyone said it sucked. <laughs> it seems pointless to me. Yeah. Um... I guess that does that do it for the for the bulk of the it show? It does because it's the first of the month, so our Patreon stuff hasn't all processed yet. So we oh, are not reading. It's names. the first of the month. Wake up, wake up! Um, but if you want to support us on Patreon, get up to two bonus episodes per month. You can do that. Oh, at who was the turkey? Someone wrote. Patreon. Someone called in. Com slash excellent adventure. Someone called into the show. I heard you playing it out in the living room, and it was one of our egg supporters one of our patron supporters and i oh yes I, yes yes I, would you like me to play and that? i laughed super hard at it you it did. seemed mean I know, I but know, i laughed I know, pretty hard i know at what it. you're i know what you're uh <laughs> so i know what you're talking about here let me just find that and i think as an uh, as an excellent uh, yep, egghead yep, yep. hold on patreon patron on one for so long he should have his voice heard. hold on one second oh wait no wait, did i miss this it go hold on sorry oh here we go got it hello dory hello matt and henry and Bo. this is long time ten dollar patreon subscriber Stephen azar calling in <laughs> Stephen azar frustration having paused the pod at matt fumbling for his recipe saying Hey, Matt, why don't you write your own damn turkey brine, dry brine recipe yourself? I mean, come on, dude. You know how to cook. Just write your own damn recipe. <laughs> Maybe want to save this one for the bonus episode. Don't even guys. want to. Love you. Bye. <laughs> that was, uh, I think that was worth it. That was worth it. I thank enjoyed you. it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I laughed, Steven, I laughed out loud you. at that. Thank you for calling it. in. I heard thank it you from. For the other room and your patronage we appreciate you uh that's it guys let's talk turkey next year please remember the recipe matt okay bye bye the fans really going crazy yeah it's insane you need a new computer you should sell a guitar (laughs) bye